church and other drugs. <laughs> now it's time for another exciting episode, brother, with Jay and Jed. Oh. So, uh, first my, of all, my wife my, is laughing. My, Are you my laughing? first question is, my question is, how often do you practice? Do you just like drive around practicing that all day? Or how do you practice that on your teenage patients? I, sh- I was about to answer. <laughs> I should. I can't remember what we just always used to say. I'll oh, see so you at bash at the beach. And then that was just a big joke. So I don't know. I've just been doing it since then. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. There's, it really doesn't come from nowhere. <laughs> from anywhere. <laughs> Oh man, did I tell you it finally it it happened. It happened. It happened. What's the, it? The, You're having a kid? The kid fuck no. It? The kids found out about <laughs> about the podcast. Nuh uh. How? Because my what freaking t- friend just straight told them. And I had because he didn't know. And I so I had I pulled him aside. I was like, look, dude, I know you didn't know, but like do not tell them about that. <laughs> like, that is the last thing I need. That's really not. And like, here's the thing is like, there's overlap in patients. And so they're going to know forever. No, like, well, that's, kids I will just tell the next kids. will tell the next kids. I'm hoping it'll like, I, I, I got to it pretty so quick. Listen here, you little, listen here, you little fuckers. Well, I can't tell them why I don't want them to know. So now I'm just basically just trying to just like, just, I just ignore it. Yeah. You know, well, if you're it, listening, if you're listening, you little shitheads, work Don't the steps or work die, the steps. motherfucker. Oh, God. I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I'm going to get fired. You've been there for like two weeks. That's okay. I know. Um, so you're moving to Mexico. Oh, um, yeah, maybe. It's. I mean, it's It's kind of daydream, but the more we look into it, the more it like looks really maybe doable. Well, this was the congregation. This was the text I got. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it was just, we were just talking. It's like, hey, we're all paid up for the retreat. See you in a week. I was like, sweet. And he goes, oh, also, I'm pretty sure I'm going to move to Mexico. Like, what? <laughs> <The end. laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, okay. So, um, yeah. So I've been looking at it and... Um, I think the congregation knows I'm kind of going through a midlife crisis at 31, which is a very interesting place to be. They but um, I've decided uh, – not decided. I'm like living life and not chasing like career and all that bullshit. And what I do for a living could very easily and oftentimes is done remotely, right? Right. So my idea is to either convince my job now – or find a new job that's remote and move to a beach in Mexico. Yeah, that was what you sh- you showed me a six bedroom house that was six hundred and fifty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's crazy, dude. It's ballerific, dog. Like I could live. We did the calculations. I could live on like less than half of what I make down there. But did you look at like the area? Like what what mm-hmm. part of Mexico is this? Like tourist area or? Near tourist areas, near tourist areas. So Puerto Vallarta is where we're looking, or um, Mexico Toto scares Santo. me. Toto Santos, you've been watching too much Fox News with your buddy Brad. I have. You heard that? Brad. You heard that? You heard that? I said that. You heard that? Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, so I, I watch really too many movies. Being, it's really not very. Dangerous. Toto Santos has been uh, like 
described as like an art colony. It's like there's a ton Ooh. of expats and like it's really cool. And the surf, I could just like work four hours a day and go surfing and how, then, you know, it'll be awesome. How tough is it to get citizenship? You don't need it. What? You, you can. So you don't need anything. You just can't be there for longer than six months without leaving the country. So like you're there for six months and then you can just pop over the border, pop back and you're good. Indefinitely, you can do that forever. Do I even need a passport? Yeah, you need a passport. Oh, now. okay. Yeah, you need a passport, dude. Well, I support it selfishly because then I have a vacation home. Yeah, for sure, dude. And flights from Charleston to Cabo, which so Cabo San Lucas is right next to Todos Santos, right? Mm-hmm. It's like right. It's at the tip of Baja California, which is that like okay, little yeah. Slipper. I know where that is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. F- Round trip flights for like next month uh, from Cabo, like less than 500 bucks. Damn, that's cheap. I've never, I've never been to tropical Mexico. I'd be scared of Las Drugas and co- yeah, cocaine. Yeah, here's the thing is like, it's so far, like, yeah, well, you don't move to Juarez, you know, like you don't Ooh, move to the- I go to Juarez. You don't move to the, you don't want to live in like TJ. I, I'm going to the or, go- like, Golden the border, Triangle. Border yeah. towns. No border towns. I want to no go. Bueno. I want to go. Uh, you've heard of narco tourism, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the wrong place, bro. Oh, what a ridiculous! That's but so anyway, funny. there's like there's so many expats there that I was looking at. There's like tons of AA English speaking AA meetings and like really all the all the yeah, it's fucking awesome, dude. And the seriously, I could live. The cost of living is like half. Of what it yeah. is in South Carolina. That's um, true. And if you and I uh, could live on, I could, so I could live on less than half of what I'm making would be incredible. Th- did I tell you I made? That would be incredible. Mm-hmm. And your kids would be like cultured and bilingual um, and bilingual. Um, yeah. And you could live off my bit my my cryptocurrency investments. I could, yeah. So I did I tell you I made my 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 ten year investment and I've got over two thousand of a coin. Really? So if What's it that? if it ever hits a hundred, then I've got two hundred thirty two thousand dollars. Hey, you moving to Mexico too, dog? What's yeah, up? that's a big old if. It, you know, it's so funny. I told my friend that, and he was you like, "You could live for ten. You could straight up live and not work for like ten years on that in Mexico." Jeez, don't tell me that. Think about that. So, Think about that. Well, you'll appreciate this. I, I was telling that to my friend, and he goes, oh, yeah? Cool. I bought a lottery ticket tonight, too. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, Dude, that's a way smarter investment than a lot. A lottery yes. ticket's just cheap. This is... It is. It's, it's, it's actually it's highly, possible. It's, well, it, mm, yes, it is. Uh, as is the lottery, really, but... Um, this is way more possible than that. Way more likely, I think, especially with the way that crypto is going. Every, everything's in the in the crapper right now, though. It's it's real down right now. Everything across That's the board. That's a buy, dog. I know, man. I, I've been. It's it's just nerve wracking. It's 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 like that scene in Office Space at the very beginning when he keeps switch, switching lanes. And he'll switch yeah. in. It's, that's exactly what I keep moving my money out of these altcoins. He did so good that one time. Who? When's the last time there was like a big crash? You did, and you oh, like yeah. sold right before. I know. Walked, yeah, I, like I did right do good. In the middle of the crash. Well, I'm still, I, I'm still good. I, I've just like I've, I've picked. Yeah, you got to stick with the long game, bro. 
Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I did. I found a coin that was under a dollar so that I could buy thousands of it. And so right, that right, way, right. like, I could actually make, like, serious money if it ever does anything. Instead right. of buying, like, you know, seven-eighths seven of a Bitcoin. Right, 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 right. So, we'll see. Congregation, I'll give For each what? and every one of you a hundred bucks. If that happens. What? Okay. I don't know. Sounds like something good <laughs> to say. That's like super nice. Really? Nice guy, Jed. Nice, nice guy, guy Jed. Jed. I'm trying Making to get it rain. Oh, that's what's funny. You know what's funny though is I was having this daydream, uh-huh. um, during church, no less. And of course, I went to like, oh well, you know, I'd have to, you know, like, how much would I give to the church? And and then I was like, man, it would be really weird. And this was another thing. And like, as soon as I had that thought, I look up and and. The message was like, it was like my, the pastor said, uh, that's like people that say like, if I win, if I win the lottery, like I'm going to give a million dollars to the church. It's like, no, you wouldn't. Not unless you're doing that now. And I was like, Ooh. And he was like, he was like, God's got to be able to trust you with a little before he can trust you with a lot. And I was like, damn, damn, you can trust me. (laughs) I promise. I I, I trust worthy. Yeah, um, I'm playing music again next week, this week. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Mr. Church Guy, Jed the Church Guy. Jed the Nice Guy Church Guy. I'm just full of niceness. Today. Yeah, I made the, I just told him I'm going to do it every week. That's the. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's, yeah I just couldn't, balance, I can't do man. it all the you time. You know, we got to find balance. And I do, something new <laughs> bothers me is, because I guess they've had like interim people doing worship and this one person. And it's like, you know bless their heart and all that good stuff but worship music freestyling really <laughs> bugs me dude cuz they'll they'll be like they'll be like they'll be like great is thy faithfulness and then they'll be like we love you lord hallelujah we just oh c- come into our lives lord presence and it's just like and it makes everyone just feel like less spiritual and like awkward and like i don't know those yeah. words and Did one time, script, dog, just read the script. Yeah, and one time she messed up because of the freestyling. Like she was, she she <laughs> went off, she went off off the grid, and when she came back, it was the wrong time, and like screwed up the the chorus. And I was like, that's what you get. You should, you should. Next time you're doing worship, just like um, jazz scat freestyling. That's what I'm, I'll, yeah. I'm gonna just be playing, and then just be like. This was for you, Lord. And just drum solo. <laughs> Sick drum solo. And, and just be going, Shabalapada. Hello. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We have digressed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember if we shouted this out, but if we did, we'll do it again. Summer Double Wages is our newest Double Patreon. Blah, blah, blah. Summer wages. Summer wages. That's a pretty cool name. I realized, like, it's like a super dope name. It's like a summer job. Like, I'm getting my summer wages. I mean, I get it. You get it. Mm Mm-hmm. The the summer wages of sin is death. Hey, Hey. I see what you did there. That's a good one. Um. So let's get to our interview with our good friend who you just had dinner with. Nathan Buren. Oh yeah, Nate. Dope. Good buddy Nate. Uh, this is the other guy that had me committed to a psychiatric hospital. 
asshole. I'm gonna get you back. <laughs> Funniest thing, the the best compliment I get is like, cause I, you know, everybody tells everybody to listen to their SoundCloud or hey, listen to this. Da 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 da. <laughs> I so got I, the fire, like I got the fire mixtape, 2018, boy. Yeah. So I tell my friends like, hey, I got a podcast, <laughs> listen to it, and like, They're like yeah, Matt, whatever, whatever. But then they'll actually come back and they'll be like, oh, it's actually good. I'm like, thanks, dude. Actually, it's good. actually yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Um. There. There is uh, one particular point that I think is probably the highlight, and it was like you guys went from like a really sad, beautiful moment at the end of the episode where you just found out that you had lost your friend in the dirty mic, and like, <laughs> you, should, you guys should go back and listen to that because, like, for me, that like totally embodies what recovery is like. For it's sure. Like, you know, it's like really sad stuff mixed with just like absolutely insane stories. Yeah, it, I guess you you could say recovery is like farting at a funeral. Yeah, that's, right. that, that's perfect. I I just made that up. Copyright. That's, that's good. I dig it. Um. So, so we're here with Nathan. Do you want your last name or do you want to go by your initial? We can go by the initial for now. Nathan B. What's up? What is up, Nathan? Nathan is uh, a good friend who it's going to be great. He's going to fill me in on how exactly I moved in with him because I don't remember. But <laughs> Nathan, when I was in rehab in Florida, um, I don't know if we should start here and work backwards or just start how you got sober and then into meeting me. No, this is good. This is good because okay. I corrected you. And then I ended up Baker acting myself. So it works out kind of good. Okay. So I got kicked out of my halfway house. That was the one uh, me and Jep set on fire. I was on bars, got kicked out, totaled my car. Uh, This was the beginning of a two-week blackout. I came out of that blackout with a new car, and I was living with Nathan, (laughs) who I had no idea who he was. Like, where did I meet you, and how did I end up moving? How did I convince you to let me move in with you? 
Well, it was a set of circumstances. So I had just gotten out of my first rehab at the time and we were in Florida and uh, you kind of like, you have this way with people where you find like the people on the outskirts who aren't really fitting in yeah. and you just, it's like Velcro, man. So like, I didn't really <laughs> have then a I use and abuse them. <laughs> a little hey. you know, I, fairness it really wasn't that bad no we had fun dude <laughs> but it was pretty clear that you weren't sober like the first time i got in your car and i looked in the back and you had like pill bottles in the back of your car like i had a pack at the time like I, and you had a broken arm too. yes so like broke your arm skateboarding and we had had somebody else living in the house who was sober for like a month and then wasn't sober and we actually ended up evicting him with an air horn. I was because, there. Like, I remember that. The dude that was drunk and wouldn't leave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I had, like, 30, I don't know. I had, like, maybe 60 days sober. And, like, the dude just starts drinking in the house. I mean, like, heavy. Heavy. And it's like, and we, we got to get him out of here. And I was like, you can't be here if you're drinking. He's like, I got rights. I was like, right. <laughs> All right, too. So I got an air horn, and it was like every hour on the hour, I just open his door and let on the air horn. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. He got he got out pretty quick. Well, <laughs> so, <clears throat> lead so leading to the Baker Act. So this is what I remember. This is actually Jay. You fit into this story because this is when Renee came down to visit me, and we had the phone conversation about I like that. Uh, was I sober? I thought you at least didn't want me to do heroin. So I at least wasn't doing hard drugs at the time. I guess. Um, so I, I think, I don't know if I was sober or what, but I remember the, it was you and your girlfriend and the first night, uh, y'all, y'all were just smoking weed or y'all had started smoking weed again. Oh, the girlfriend yeah. that I was living with. No, no, no. I'm talking, about? sorry. I'm talking about Nathan. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Always smoking, so like she was never really sober. Yeah, that's she right. Really like a drinker. Well, she would like drink socially, but she she just never stopped smoking. And so, oh, and I smoked with y'all one night. And do you remember that's when I got uh, I wigged out and cut my cast off with a saw. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I, dude, that like talk about consequences. The first time after like. I don't know, however long I smoked weed, I wigged out and took a saw to my cast. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so, I guess I had relapsed on pills. Like, I was shooting something. I can't remember if it was heroin, or I do remember getting, like, Dilaudids and K4s. So, I was shooting pills and trying to stop. I, I don't know if you knew, but this is leading to the... <laughs> this is another guy that witnessed me overdose so i had gone with my mom to the doctor to like get some pills to detox off of right and he prescribed me ultram and he told my mom he was like look oh it was like ultram and roxy's or something i had some roxy's at the house something like that but i remember the ultram which is tramadol and he was like look drop him off at, at his house if give he's got this amount of pills if he takes all of those then just cut them off like that's 
then he's hopeless or whatever. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get home and do these pills. <laughs> but I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be fine, Mom. So the last thing I remember is she dropped me off, and I took the pills. And then the next thing, I remember being awoken by, um, what was her name? I don't I you know, can't remember. She was the AA girl. I yeah, sweetest girl. I knew like I knew her, but I had had complete amnesia. It's ne- that's never happened to me before. And she's like, well, "Jed, Jed," and I was like, "Who are you? Like, what happened? What are you doing in my house?" <laughs> and I wigged and shit, and you know, then the ambulance came, and so I went to the hospital. This is the hospital <laughs> experience. I remember they were trying to. Uh, to uh, get a urine sample, but you can't pee if you're on opiates. So uh, the nurse tried to force a catheter on me and I was kicking the nurses and I was screaming like, I know my patient rights and like hollering. (laughs) And um, so it's time for me to discharge and I guess they need someone to sign out. And so I'm like, all right, time to go home. And I look up and Nathan (laughs) says, doctor, if you let him go home, he's going to kill himself. And I was like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) So that's my, that's what I remember. So you tell me what you remember, obviously, because you were sober. So we were like at Blockbuster or something getting movies and we came back and there's like an ambulance and and like a cop had searched your room and thank God he didn't find your needle. It was like up above a skateboard in the closet and they they're like we couldn't find anything in here that wasn't prescribed to him and they told us the hospital that you were going to so like i called up your mom i love your parents by the way yep uh and shout out miss miriam every episode but but she was pretty much like uh take him to the salvation army you know this was (laughs) (laughs) that's shout out miss miriam right there now so like I was, I called up the Salvation Army because I didn't know what it would be like there, and they're like, you know, we put him in a safe room, we give him a yoga mat in the middle, you know, it's a concrete floor, it feels good to detox on. I'm like, I know that that does not feel good to detox. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are lying. <laughs> not how this is gonna go. So uh, I needed more time, and I talked to the doctor, and the doctor pretty much gave me the options and at the time i um i don't know if you knew this or not but like leading up to where i really i mean i was always drinking a lot but like to my real drinking i had a cousin who was like one of the one in ten who uh killed himself on uh interferon oh so, no shit. shit so like i so that's I, where that kind of came from yeah, and your mom was like, he, uh, you know, he's on, uh, you know, he that's had had. right. Like, I was still, that shit, yeah. Not to blame it on that, but it, it did wreck the old brain for quite a number of years. So I went in, I talked to the doctor. The doctor was not a fan of you at all. <laughs> Shocker. Shocking. <laughs> Like he was, he was driving this train a little bit. He's like, there's an option. You can, you know, you can bake rack them. It'll give you 72 hours to, uh, you know, for us to do an assessment on whether or not he's safe. And really what I needed was time. 
because you, I knew you needed to go to rehab, but like I didn't want you to have to go to Salvation Army. Yeah. So after having a couple of days to kind of talk it over with your mom and dad, I got you down to uh, Christian recovery. Yep. That yep. was kind of like a compromise that we had come to. I dude, I'm that 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 <laughs> that psych ward was freaking rough, dude. They made me. So Suboxone, you you put under your tongue and it dissolves. That's how you take it. They made me swallow it because they thought I was cheeking my meds. So like the nurse would be like, "Oh, swallow that," and it makes you like really sick. So for a weekend, I had to swallow my fucking subs. And the whole time, I was like, "As soon as I get out, I'm Baker acting that motherfucker." <laughs> like, as soon- <laughs> and then of course, and then of course, by the time he showed up, he was like. All right, buddy, we're going to take you out to eat. And I was like, okay, it's all good. You're, uh, you know, okay, I get it. We yeah. brought you cigarettes, and you were so pissed off at me, man. You're like, I'll take your cigarette. Fucking Baker activity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, so why don't you, now let's backtrack. So how did you, uh... How did you even get to, or wherever you want to start, really, if you want to, like, wherever you want to start, man, because um, I didn't even know about you Baker acting yourself. We see, we lost touch after that. I went to rehab, um, and then I remember him, I think, like, drinking again, and then roundaboutly I had heard about him. Uh, we Yeah, we met up, and you were sober again, um, but I didn't really know what happened. Yeah, so, like, you had given me a call right around the time that you had gotten arrested for guns. I remember that. Did I? And you were, yeah, you were, like, pissed off. I think you were, like, trying to figure out where you wanted to get sober. Like, kind of one of those things. Okay. You're, like, like in the area, and you were, like, talking to me, and you're, like, you fucking Baker acting me. I still felt like you were going to come at me again. Like, you were, like, looking for a good opportunity, and I was, like... <laughs> Don't worry about it. I beg her, I actually ended up spending three weeks in one of those facilities, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry, man." <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so going backwards, what happened the last time I drank was um, I was dating uh, Vicky yep. for like a long time after that. Like we dated for pretty much like four years, and she was like really good at enabling me and i didn't even realize like how bad it really was like she would like hide booze from me and stuff when i would black out so like um i had put myself in for suicide watch we were like breaking on and off at that point in time and um i spent seven days there where they were assessing me and then i left and i was detoxed um, we had broken up at that point in time. And then I was staying with a friend's family for about 30 days. And uh, just long enough to save up some cash to get my own apartment. So the apartment that I found was above a liquor store. And like across yeah. from a... <laughs> across from and, a what? Across from a bar. Oh, nice. So, at, at like a real trashy bar too so <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> but i uh you know like i was saying i was like well there's a meeting right up the street it's fine <laughs> right you know but yeah right I, 
I uh, I do really bad, like right around daylight savings time. So my sobriety date is. <laughs> that's such an that's such an odd. Uh, that's funny. Well, I'm, I'm from upstate New York, so okay. like yeah, okay. Daylight savings time, it could get dark at like four o'clock in the morning, or yeah. four o'clock. So like, it gets real depressing. Yeah, really depressing. So. What ended up happening was I had like a couple days off of work. The first day I got um, I got two half gallons or the I don't even remember the size, you know, the biggest bottle you can get of tequila because that's what I drank Ooh. almost immediately after I got in into the apartment and the six pack of tall boys to wash it down and like some orange juice or something, you know, or substance. <laughs> That's my guy. That's my guy right there. Oh, dude. Sure. So the last thing I remembered was going through the first one and thinking I needed to get some more boots. And then it went black. And I woke up, and it was like fear and loathing in Las Vegas, man. I mean, (laughs) like beer cans everywhere. There was both of the bottles were empty. There was like some powder substance in the oven like I was trying to cook coke or something (laughs) (laughs) and like 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 I said like you know New York is weird like there's this particular time of year where like 4 o'clock in the afternoon could be 4 o'clock in the morning so I was in a glass of orange juice like somebody had tried to call me it pissed me off and i threw it across the room i just so happened to fall into it so i didn't have a clock so i went down to the gas station across the road and looked down at a newspaper and i realized i had blacked out for two days and uh i asked uh if it was four o'clock in the morning or four o'clock at night they're like it's four o'clock at night. No, you can't have any more food. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uncomfortable. So I was running the zoomies at the time. Um, skate talk. <laughs> <laughs> and my oh, manager was like, are you alive? I was like, yeah. I, pretty, I had to drive in. I didn't have a phone. I couldn't call. And uh, when I, I stopped drinking like right then. And then I had like this smell coming out of me. Ugh. It was like it was like stretched ears, but like coming out of all of my pores. Oh, it was gross! I, so I couldn't like wash it off of me, and like, or at least I thought. I don't know, you know, because like I, I was starting to lose touch with what was really happening around me. Like something mm-hmm. happened when I drank that much alcohol, and then I just stopped. So like, I was I was uh, actually a shift, entire shift. All right, I hadn't drank. Let's see, it was the next morning. I hadn't drank for almost twenty four hours, and um, it it started to get weird, like really weird. Like mm-hmm. I thought I could hear like people talking about me, like outside of the mall. Like it was like that Whoa. weird like. Aro psychedelic, like is everybody watching me? And I called somebody in. I was like, "You got to come in." 
the the people I was living with before I showed up their house, I was like bawling because I was missing two days and I was freaking out about it. Like I had absolutely no idea. And like what, what happened? And I had like this really awful feeling in my stomach that something terrible had happened when I was out. Mm-hmm. Like I'd never lost that much time before. Like I had always had somebody to always throttle me, you know, and yeah. save me. And like, <clears throat> so the people took me to the hospital and they recognized me from the trip before. And uh, they didn't have a detox unit there. So like what ended up happening was um, I had to go into the psych unit and I had a previous diagnosis um, when I was a kid for uh, bipolar, Mm. which I think was probably a false diagnosis just because I was rolling all the time. So like, (laughs) I don't really tell if somebody's bipolar, if they're like, eating 10 e-pills on the weekend and then you're going to have mood swings. But <laughs> get in, and I was like, I, I just, I can't do this. I feel like if I go out, I'm going to drink. And if I drink, I don't think I'm going to be alive. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, I think I could really get alcohol poisoning and just die. Like, yeah. My apartment alone. So they hesitantly took me in, but my brain was doing this weird thing where it was starting to fill in the gaps, like with anything that was around me. So like I was convinced there was a, I I was known for passing out and peeing my pants. (laughs) (laughs) It was was an uncomfortable byproduct of the amount of alcohol that I drank. So like, (laughs) it's like walking down the hallway, I noticed that there was a wet spot on the floor and I had, my brain was like filling in that I had passed out in the hallway going down the stairs. So like, it, it just started filling in this story. And I had it in my head that I was passed out on the stairs and that a kid had come to shake me to wake me up. And I freaked out and I pushed him down the stairs. And like, I was convinced of this. I was like, dude, the cops are gonna come for me at any point in time. Like, and I believed it. Like. 100% and days so did that happen no oh, okay no so it's really weird I like could hear them talking and like the next because you know how like when you're in the emergency room there's like you know you little curtains people, little curtains right yeah so, like I could hear them talking like what the fuck is he doing in here like he shouldn't be in the same hospital that my kids in after what happened and like and this is all like, in I, your head dude i was like freaking wow. out i like i didn't realize it was in my head so like they took me upstairs i was in the er for like maybe five or six hours it was late at night and like i thought they were like throwing rocks at my window in the <laughs> and like fell asleep like curled up in the fetal position and like days went by oh like, man like they, i don't know what they were drugging me up with the first thing that i remember is is there was a kid who was in there who was like he had some real issue it was like almost like a glass of orange juice story that you always hear and you're like yeah whatever you know, like the guy who put too much acid. And, oh yeah, uh, Think, thinks yeah, he's an yeah, orange. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, like like Jello Brain, you know, but like he didn't say a single word, you know, the whole time that I was there. But like he saw me like falling and like he went up to me, he's like, It's gonna be okay. And I was like, Whoa. The hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit the doctor who did done my intake he came up to me uh when i started getting clear-headed he's like i had no idea how bad this was he's like i would have never given you a hard time about intake if i had known i'm really sorry i was like yeah you know i'm feeling a little better you know i think i could probably get out of here and the uh, intake, there the nurse was like, "You told me you'd say that." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "You said under no circumstances to let you out, no matter what you said, until you go into another rehabilitation facility." Oh, so, dude, that's funny. I and I was like, at that time, I still kind of thought that I had broken a little kid's arm, so I was like, "Well, I'm not in jail, so this is pretty sweet." So um, I'll stay in here. So it took three weeks to get into a rehab. And I think I was about two weeks in before my friends came in and they're like, we went and we talked to the police department and nobody's had a broken arm. <laughs> <laughs> you are like, you, you're just going to have to accept this as reality. You didn't do anything. They, uh, they had talked to my landlord and they talked to the neighbors and the neighbors said all I did was they didn't even realize there was really anybody up there. They had heard the TV. But that was about it. So mm-hmm. I guess I just sat in there and drank by myself. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> that's, that's eerie. Well, not the hospitalization, but my bottom, the last time I drank looked almost identical to that. Like waking up after three or four days and not having any, recollection of what i did or where i went or any of that shit it's fucking terrifying it's like it's alcohol ter- is serious dude alcohol and xanax bars combo Jeez. yeah crow dude it's that's, like dude that's that's what i'm trying to instill on these people i'm 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 helping because they're just the, the damn things. dude they're all about zans and shit and it's just like dude <laughs> you just don't understand like oh dude like just dude just my favorite (laughs) i think you put it the best is like yeah let's drink and take some xanax bars and go commit some felonies because absolutely that's what fucking happens absolutely (laughs) that's whether you like whether you want to or not that's how that goes so and you also like did you were you always a Christian? Did you become a Christian? Did you get serious about it? So I, I don't know how we found Christian recovery solution. I think my parents had picked that out. So like I was <laughs> uh, Lutheran and I, I was never really particularly into it, but I just, I was, the first run I had tried to get sober, I like went to a detox and um, just like seven days. And I was really having problems with uh, the second step. So like I knew it was a problem, but I just I just couldn't get my head around the higher power thing. And it wasn't yeah. really anything to me. 
So just yeah. for, for our listeners who aren't in a 12-step recovery program, the second step is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, which necessitates that we kind of believe or willing to believe that there is a power greater than us, a something. So something. anyway, sorry. Um, so I, I had agreed to go to a Christian rehab and uh, I had never been to a church like that, like mega church. Mm-hmm. I don't think probably ever go to another mega church, but <laughs> for the time, it was really good for me. Yeah, that was a cool place. I, uh, yeah, there there are good people over there. I probably would have been a lot more successful or had a better chance of success had I had stayed and done, you know, like outpatient. And, mm-hmm. but, I don't know if it makes you feel better. I stayed down there, and uh, it it did not work out. That was that was immediately <laughs> that was immediately what preceded me taking a train to Charleston, where I almost died again. Oh yeah, fun times. Yeah, the the pieces are all coming together now. Yeah, I I blew it down there too. Jeez. Uh, so let's we got um. I want to hear about your later your most recent issues with uh. AA, or the program. Okay. So, <laughs> so how long do you have? Be, I have eight years. Oh my, yeah. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. I meant like as a joke, like, well, how long do you have to talk about every, all my beef with AA? But anyway. Uh, you know what? The, the longer I'm away from it, the more I realize the problems are really with me. You know, like Just the program around for a really long time and it's a great program and they're some movements in it right now that I don't really agree with, but it's, um, I don't well, want to go. Let's chat about, let's chat about that. What, what kind of movements are you talking about? There's a particular set of groups that exist across the country. Mm-hmm. I like to call them the AA Illuminati. Okay. <laughs> pretty much can roll the speakers that you know go uh, can name names are you talking about the atlantic group and the pacific group and like all of those folks yeah and, and that's and- i think that's okay to talk about I, so here's the thing is like i think the truths need to be told and um oftentimes when well, well let's so people go ahead let's Sorry, figure Jeff. No, no, just like, what are you talking about? Because a lot of people are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you're, good call. So there's um, there's a group in L.A. called this, called the Pacific Group. It's actually where my uh, the first meeting that my sponsor in California went to. He wasn't a member of the Pacific Group, but he got sober in L.A. during that time. Um, there's its kind of sister group in New York called the Atlantic Group. And um, they are known for stuff like and i don't know if they're still this way but and there's a lot of i think rumors about those groups too that may or may not be true but um like you have to like guys that it's their home group they have to wear a jacket and they have to be clean shaven and like there's a lot of uh yeah at least that's how it was when when my sponsor was getting sober um funny enough uh my wife 
their sponsorship line is originally from the Pacific Group. And um, yeah, so my wife's sponsorship line is um, original, like great, great grand sponsors from the Pacific Group. But a lot of that stuff is kind of filtered down. And what's so funny to me is she stopped working a program for like the last five years or so and has had lots of problems with AA as as a whole and and most of those problems centered around like being told what to do and like um and then the sponsor that she chose this woman that she trusted just happened to be in the sponsorship line where like if you get asked to speak you you have to wear a dress and like just just I wonder weird if, shit I wonder if I'm in that too because they're big be on suit up shoot suit up and show up like if you speak you got to wear a suit yeah, but I'm always kind of just like, well, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm wondering if I could, <laughs> like, uh, there, there's a condition I've just recently heard about that most teens have apparently called like uh, ODD, like oppositional defiant disorder, and like I'm like, I wonder if I have that. Anyway, so yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, man, but yeah, we, um, <clears throat> the Pacific Group is this is this group, and they have quote unquote rules. It's a cultural thing and, and it's a way that people they sponsor other people. Yeah, they also do hotline sponsorship. You know, like mm-hmm. it's all pretty much run by Clancy and Clancy has like, I don't even know, enough yeah. sponsors that he needs to have a hotline. Wait, what's yeah. what's hotline sponsorship? So you call up the hotline and then one of his other sponsors who's gone through the stats will talk to you. Oh, so, Ooh. He's like a big like AA circuit speaker, mm-hmm. and like I can't really stress this enough. Like I don't, I don't really know how much of what they do is actually bad, and how much of it was, you know, with me, you know, because I right. really wanted to be the coolest guy in AA. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if there's a group that that's the coolest group in AA, you know, I'm not. Yeah. Part of it, you know, it kind of excludes me. So, (laughs) you know, I gotta, I gotta own my shit, you know, a little bit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who get sober through that group, and on top of that, they contribute a ridiculous amount of money to AA. Well, what, what was your specific like? Was there like an event that you were like, "Whoop, I'm out." I picked up my five-year chip and like I had a couple words to say and uh, there was a guy who came in uh, who picked up his chip after me and I think he had like six or seven years. He's like, he had said, um, I don't remember the last time I was at a meeting. But in early sobriety, I got I spent a lot of time here, and um, you know I don't have a, anything else to say. But I'm thankful to be sober today and for the mm. life that I have now. And I was like, I started thinking about it. I was like, that guy seemed pretty well rounded, you know. And I was also having trouble with my professional life, so mm. like, 
I was really super programmed, but at the same time I was, I had just gotten done with school and like, I landed a job that I shouldn't have landed having one year of college education. Mm. And I, I was just having problems separating my program personality for a professional personality. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yes. But like, yeah. Jay, well, Jay's a, a company man. So he gets that. No. Yeah, I get it. It's an interesting line that we, um, that we have to walk sometimes. And, and also to, to kind of relate this, like what we're talking about is like, uh, so I know we say a lot, I wish church would be like AA, but this is, this is an example of how like AA is just like any other institution in that, like there's sex and sex, sex, t- wait, and I'm not sex. saying there's sex. Both. There is both, but I'm there's- saying like SEC, <laughs> SECTS, um, there's philosophy. Mega churches. Like we're basically yeah. talking about the mega church of AA would be like the Pacific group. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So and the Atlantic group too. And yeah. the Atlantic group. <clears throat> yeah. So and okay. All the splinter cells that they have everywhere. Right. Yeah. Like, so. So then, what brought you back around? Are you uh, back around? No. No. Actually. Are you drunk right I'm, now? I'm just. Kidding. Yeah. How dare you, <laughs> He's sir? He's drinking Perrier. <laughs> That's my Perrier, man. Uh, <laughs> so it's funny. You know, I I hadn't really thought a whole lot about my recovery. I had my eight years. Um, I I have a little bit of crazy every time I have an anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I had been following your guys' podcast, and, you know, I had downloaded a couple episodes. I hadn't really checked it out. And uh, Jed had commented, you know, maybe it's time to have you on the show. And, you know, I downloaded some episodes and, you know, I said a prayer. I was like, you know, if this is a chance for me to kind of get back into recovery a little bit, you know, help me out, you know, help me be useful to some people. And uh, like the next day, I got a call from one of my childhood friends, mom, you know, who was you uh, had just gotten arrested. And I had a family member who had gotten, you know, a DWI like two days after that. And was like, okay, well, maybe I should listen to the podcast a little bit. It's probably a coincidence, though. (laughs) (laughs) That that cinches it. We are God's mouthpiece. You heard it here. That's uh, that is all kidding aside. That's awesome. Like that's that's really cool. So it's. It's been good, you know. It's excited me, and I think I'm at a t- at a point in my life professionally where, you know, I could probably hold a little bit more of a balance. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I've always kept in touch with my, you know, sober friend. <laughs> well, and, and I was gonna That's ask, awesome. do you do you like maintain your? What do you do like spiritually? What or what were you doing in in the time? Like any sort of anything? Not really, to be honest with you. You know, I. I had I went and I tried to get into a couple of churches here mm-hmm. and I really had a hard time. You're in Greenville, huh? Yeah. My sisters yeah. live there now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You flew in and you were literally like three miles from my house. I was so mad at you for not stopping by. Uh well maybe <laughs> I maybe I can this time. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I, ha- I had some hang up, you know. Mm-hmm. With, so, like, if I could find a church that I really felt like I could stand behind, I'd totally be all about it. But well, I'll, you but, you sound just like my sister, and she's currently looking as well. So, like, if she finds something, I'll let you know. Cause yeah, she's, she's she's the same way. She's coming out of a, a Baltimore, where like super uh, community activists and real concerned about like social stuff type of churches. Like we need to be like protesting and all that. So she's looking for something that's actually like doing shit. That's my kind of church. Yeah, that's what I realized. Yeah, you and my sister have a lot in common. Yeah. Um. Yeah, South Carolina's, you know, it's it's very Baptist here. It's super progressive and liberal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, you know, even if I went and joined a church, I wouldn't be part of the church. So, like, you know, like, it's very, like, there's clicks. And, like, yeah. if you go and you try to get in, it, you're just always being an outsider. I'll always be a northern. Yeah, it's true. Well, you give it away when you say you guys is. <laughs> a little pop. Pop. Yeah. What do you drink? Uh, soda. Oh, my God. It's Coke. Oh Everything is Coke. Mountain Dew is Coke. Sprite is Coke. Slap <laughs> <laughs> me one day when I called it espresso. Or what was it? Espresso. You called it espresso? Oh, that drives me nuts. Yeah, people out there. It's espresso. And also, it's escape. Why do people say escape? Escape. I don't know. Ugh. The one that drives me crazy is in advanced. People say in advanced. In advance. That's it. No I D. If, I haven't heard that one much. Leave I, it alone. I, I get on Kaylee for saying uh, supposedly. Supposedly. Instead of supposedly. Uh, yes, it drives me up the wall. <laughs> and now she just does it on purpose. She's yeah, she's laughing now. That's what I would do. Yeah, for of course sure. you would. So you're getting married now. See, this is cool. I'm just this is just just a comment of, and I'll let you speak on that. Uh, it's just shit, man. This is what like six. It's just life is crazy, dude. Like six years later, and like the people we stay in contact with, and like if that's not proof of God, I just really don't know what is. Um, but yeah, so you're getting married now. In New Orleans, yeah. which I'm going to come to, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched. So it's it's funny. I was talking to you about it before. She never knew me as a drinker. So, like, not just as a drinker, but, like, eight years removed, seven years removed. So, yeah. like, so she's in for a shocker on the honeymoon is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Going out with a bang. <laughs> I'm I'm so, kidding. You know, this if she listens, this will probably be the most she's heard about. You know, in in one sitting about my drinking. Oh, that's awesome. You know, that's crazy. It's weird. But it is. I guess. You know, it's like it's like making sausage. You know, <laughs> I don't know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. Freaking delicious. <laughs> okay, I was like, what? Yeah, you you don't want to know. Just give me the hot dog. Just like the end product. Enjoy. Yes. Um, 
Well, dude, we gotta uh, we gotta wrap it up. But I thank you. That was really awesome, man. What was the head shake for? Your your audio clicked out for a second. Yeah, it did. That's why I. Oh, I'm sorry. So, what did you hear? Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we <laughs> uh, we gotta. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for uh, telling your story, dog. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I yeah, look forward to coming. Uh, sure. Well, the charms, did you know that the wind, when it blows, it is older than Rome and all of this sorrow? See the new pyramids down in old Manhattan from the roof of a friend's. I watched an empire ending her loud and long, the river's on time marching on to a madman's drum. you learned all you give is returned and if life seems absurd what you need is some laughter and a season to sleep and a place to get clean maybe los angeles somewhere no one's expecting on a detox walk through a glendale park over sidewalk chalks on the road and red start over he, he seriously thinks that I'm, that I'm gonna get him back for the, for the, for the psychiatric thing. Does he really? Yeah, he's really nervous about that. So I think I'll just let him hang in that suspense. Just you wait, Nathan. Just you wait. Like I said, I'm gonna go to his wedding, and when they say, does anybody, I'm gonna stand up and be like, that's him, doctor. <laughs> Lock him up. Lock him up. Um. So this was cool. I, I, I always feel like Letterman. So this is good. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? This is cool. This is in the news. Or no, that's that a Leno. Is that a Leno? That's yeah, Leno. That's Leno. Um, Letterman just had just like a big giant chin. Yeah. Um, there's finally conclusive scientific evidence that alcohol directly destroys DNA. What? What does that even mean? Um, please elab. Please elaborate. I hate when you like make me elaborate on shit because like that's all I got, and then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand that. Can you please explain it? You you're such a caller outer. Uh, alcohol can cause irreversible uh-huh. genetic damage to stem cells. Says study. Oh, okay, that makes link sense. link between drinking and cancer clarified by study, which indicates alcohol causes cancer by scrambling DNA in cells, eventually leading to mutations. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's cray. That's wild, cray, yeah. dog. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you mm. drink and you will die. You hear that, everybody? Yeah, I think. I think I brought this up. So, like, so, uh, just thinking about how the saddest thing in the world to me is, like, lonely old people, because I, I, I mm-hmm. experienced this over the holidays when we had to, like, leave my grandpa, and I was like, fuck, man, like, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like, though... Except he's probably actually just, like, going cray, and there's hookers over at his house, and he's doing no, all kinds of blood No, he shit. is not. My awesome. mom is listening. Yeah. That's her father. He's going wild right now. You know what I'm saying? You need to you need to apologize. 
He's going. There's no. There's. It's no. He's not going uh, coincidence. Wild, the phrase "dirty old man" is not. He's a not my. He is a. Know listen. Don't make me. Don't make me mad that I even brought this up. I swear to you, I will go back and erase you from every episode. Congregation can't see my face, but he looks like, like Karl think. Marx. He's his eyebrows are going up and down like crazy. Uh, but uh. do you think? <laughs> I feel like with our generation, though, like we'll just like watch Netflix and like be cool with it, and vegetate and die. That's even more depressing, I think, man. But Damn. it's but it's like but now I'm sad. Ugh. Really? Yeah, dog. Like I want to go live life, man. Well, yeah. Well, I've already told you. Was it me, or, or was it our idea that we're gonna open a retirement home, uh, where you can go like for people in recovery, where you can just relapse. It's, it's, in your last days it's, it's, it's just, just like out. a rave yeah you know who's gonna be there party hitler it's me a party hitler. did somebody bring me up it's your boy party hitler <laughs> oh god go away party hitler you're not welcome here okay i'll be back next time uh, i'm surprised <laughs> I guess everyone likes Party Hitler. We haven't gotten a single uh, lashback. Nobody, nobody has said that they like Party Hitler either. Nobody has said, "Hey, I take your Except silence as acceptance." So it's exactly. on. It's the impetus is on you to write us and tell us that Party Hitler is egregiously offensive. That's right. That's right. Um. So today I learned. Today, today I learned. Today I learned. Today I learned. Today I learned. Uh, AJ, where the fuck is our song? By the way, <laughs> like look what we're look what we're resorted to. All right, I'll just you know what you you leave me no choice. Anybody else want to make us a song? You know? Oh, don't. Okay, I won't. Nobody. Just AJ. Come on, man. Just do it, please. Okay. Love you, AJ. So, um, this one's about Robin Williams. So, three months after... Some people may know this, but I thought it was very interesting. Three months after Robin Williams' death, they discovered that he had a rare brain disease called LBD that was one of the worst cases ever seen. What, really? Yes. So, Dang. it's called Louis body disease. Um, so, three months after his death... Uh, he had lost about 40% of dopamine neurons and almost no neurons were free of Louis bodies throughout the entire brain and brainstem. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. Like, so he had like, no so he had been suffering. Happiness. Yeah. Like it suffocated him with sadness. Pain. Like there's, sadness. yeah. And I, I, like I imagine, um, he knew it. Let's see. Uh, he knew that he had the disease? He had, yeah. Robin had been, like, it was in October 2013. He had been struggling with symptoms that seemed unrelated. Constipation, urinary difficulty, heartburn, sleeplessness. And on this particular weekend, he started having gut discomfort. Um, oh, yeah. A sp or... Okay, I don't actually I don't know if this is talking about the author's uh husband or whatever. Oh yeah, it is. No. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, he got like a spike of anxiety. Um he was tested for 
diverticulic or something. And uh, he got paranoia, delusions, looping, insomnia, high cortisol levels, which makes you crazy stressed. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Started having panic attacks. That's gnarly. He had his first one while he was filming Night at the Museum 3. Um, That exists? Yeah, dude. That's a thing? Oh, yeah, Man, yeah. That's the first real, that's and second one were good, sad. yeah. That, that is kind of sad, this, this <laughs> last one. Um, yeah, man. So, like, it wasn't... Uh, yeah, Robin was losing his mind, and he was aware of it. Yeah, oh, that sucks, dude. That so sucks. Well, dude, like... You would are you been do the a same? downer today, dude. You think I said, well, I, I thought, thought yeah. Like old, people die, like old people dying alone, and now Robin. Psh, psh. Why do you think I do that? I don't know. I don't know what you're doing to our podcast. Welcome to Church and Other Drugs, where all we do is talk about sad shit. Well, I thought that was good because like people just thought that he just, you know, just like just killed himself out of the blue. But like, no, it was like, because I, I think I would do, dude, I feel like i would do the same thing That's i don't like, think anybody d- can blame him at no, the same dude. time like i didn't blame him anyway because i knew that he struggled with depression his whole life too so like I, you know i okay i don't blame people well then here's... i think as addicts and alcoholics we've been in that place like we've been in that yeah, place where we wanted true. to die so i i understand like i get it i, do. I understand it you know what i mean um all right well this well, this one's just funny. So, uh, and then okay. we'll, I'll close with this. It's short. Uh, so doves were traditionally released during the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games, right? Uh-huh. Until uh-huh. in Seoul in 1988, several of the birds, instead of flying away, settled on the cauldron housing the Olympic flame and were subsequently incinerated in front of the crowd when it was lit. So like they just like <laughs> as it was unlit they landed on it and then they lit and they just <laughs> just fucking <laughs> that's incredible oh freaking Good doves um all right people uh people they've been selling like hotcakes but we got all t-shirts in all sizes now so if you want some um find us on Facebook send uh church and other drugs a DM and I'll explain to you how to get it if uh. You're one of our $25 Patreon members. Um, you'll get it for free. You heard that, Chris? You heard that, Chris? Steepleton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. See you on the flip